How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Down to the final four in the NFL. Four teams, only three games. Man, this is how you know it's getting serious. Whoo! Coming to an end, but ramping up, of course. And the Stars were out for a game between the Niners and the Cowboys at Levi Stadium in the Bay Area. This was the ninth installment of these two teams in the playoffs. It was only a year ago that we saw the eighth chapter. It ended the same way, and it was motivation for the Cowboys all year long. But motivation doesn't get you very far against a defense that is brash and bold and smothering and stifling. So we'll talk D, but also the turning point, I think fitting in a game with so little margin for error, actually comes from the offense. Now they got Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence on the same side over McGlinchey. Going to roll Purdy the opposite way, going left. Purdy, time, going to throw back right, and it is juggled, and George Kittle makes the catch to midfield. Whoa. What a catch by George Kittle. On the throwback there from Brock Purdy, bobbled it a couple of times, but was able to reel it in. Tenth play of the drive, six runs, three passes, two holds for Dallas, as you noted, and here we go. Looking to get in the end zone for the first time today. And take the lead back. Oscar, Oscar, Oscar. McCaffrey goes left. Ebo goes in motion. Right. Purdy out of the shotgun. Kittle and Juszczaker right. Uh, Ayuk the other side. Hand off McCaffrey. Touchdown! San Francisco! With this team, everything's intense, you know, and that's <laughs> that was true when I got here, and it's true now. Obviously, there's more on the line, um, but I think, you know, we're, we're winning. We got to just do the same thing as we always do every week and that's correct correct the mistakes that we make and capitalize on the strengths and keep rolling and and play our best game come Sunday intense is definitely one way to describe it Christian McCaffrey introduced to the Niners and their intensity around the trade deadline and he scores for the eighth consecutive game which is the longest run in his career before that Greg Papa on Niners radio the turning point a one-handed grab from George Kittle on the move 
bobbles the ball off of his face mask, hauls it in, and it leads to the only touchdown in the second half. And that's where we welcome Tracy Sandler, the founder and CEO of Fangirl Sports and specifically covers the Niners. So, Tracy, you were at the game. What was your perspective on that George Kittle grab for 30 yards? It was really unbelievable. It was one of those things that I was like, is he going to? No, he's not. Is he going to? Oh, my God. Yes, he is. George Kittle's going to catch that. And I would say, you know, there's no cheering in the press box. And the press box kind of erupted, not in cheers, but just in disbelief of like, oh, my God, how did he catch that? It was rather incredible. And as you said, it was a complete turning point in the game. The result is definitely a spark. And it was interesting to hear some of the Niners afterwards reference that moment. What do they have to say about mm-hmm. George's catch? Well, they, first of all, I thought it was so funny is every time Brock Purdy was asked about it, he would make this hand motion and be like, you mean the bobble? And it was, <laughs> and he would bobble his hand. And I, I found that to be so funny. But everybody talked about really what a turning point it was. Of course, what an unbelievable catch it was. George Kittle was not, I think, I don't think he was the first, second, third, fourth, whatever read on that play, but he found space and he made a play as George Kittle is apt to do. And everybody just talked about it. It really was a turning point. And that's the thing with playoff football. At this point, everybody, for the most part, is really good. And when you have two very good teams, especially like these two teams with two very good defenses, it was going to have to be one big offensive spark. And when it was 9-all, it felt like it's going to be whoever scores the next, next touchdown that's going to win this game. And then that was the case. thought it was noteworthy that each time there was a turnover, the other team only managed a field goal. And, and I saw you tweet uh-huh. at some point during the game, uh, field goal season, S-Z-N, yes. uh, because that's what <laughs> it was turning into, right? We have one touchdown in the first half, but it really operates more like a pair of field goals because there's no extra point. And then we have the one mm-hmm. touchdown drive in the second half. So putting it all together and now big picture, Tracy, what was the difference for the Niners in this game? Well, I think, first of all, in the second half, they just wore down the Cowboys. They kept, they stayed with their plan, and they just wore them down. The run game wasn't doing much in the first half, but, you know, they were able to wear them down a little bit. The defense was amazing. But here's what it comes down to, and this is always what it's going to come down to, especially the playoffs, turnovers. The Cowboys had two interceptions. The 49ers had that one fumble, which, you know, resulted, as you said, in three points. But when you win the turnover battle, you usually win the game, especially at this point in the playoffs. Just out of curiosity, when Brett Maher had the first PAT blocked, what was the reaction around you? I mean, everybody, like, oh, not again. I mean, I personally <laughs> just felt for this guy. Yes. I, I thought to myself, I was like, I hope this game does not come down to one point because I would just feel so bad. And it, when he got the field goal, everybody was obviously very excited for him, but the field goals have not been an issue. It's been the, the PATs right. that have been his problem. But I, there was just, like, disbelief. But I just kept thinking to myself, don't let this game come down to one point. I would just feel so badly for this poor guy. Tracy Sandler is with us from the Bay Area after covering this divisional victory for the Niners over the Cowboys. Very slim margin for error. But the Niners mm-hmm. extend their win streak. It's now 12 in a row before they hit the road to Philadelphia for the NFC Championship. It's after hours with Amy Lawrence here on CBS Sports Radio. 
the last time you and I spoke, it was the start of the Brock Purdy era. And yes, I'm, I'm using my air quotations just for fun. <laughs> uh, we talked about the fact that this young man was poised and calm and, and what little you knew of him, you shared with us. But it was about his personality and thinking that uh, they really believed in him to be able to step into this role. Ooh, hindsight is twenty twenty. So now, eight weeks later, what do you think of the young QB? Well, I think what's amazing about him, and, and I've been saying this now for, uh, I guess, probably the last week or so, and the thing that just stands out to me is how much trust Kyle Shanahan has in Brock Purdy. And today, I think we saw it a little bit differently. You know, he, he was really committed to the run game, and I know there were times in the game where people were saying, let him throw, et cetera, but we've seen him just trust him. And he, Kyle Shanahan even said after the game, your playmakers have to make plays, and George Kittle made the play that we need him to, play, to make like George Kittle does, but you also need the quarterback to get the ball to him, and the quarterback helps those plays happen. And you could just tell how highly Kyle Shanahan thinks of him, and I think what you see is, he doesn't look like a rookie. There were times today more than any other week where he has looked somewhat like a rookie. <laughs> Last week, there were times the first half that he looked somewhat like a rookie. But the thing that stands out to me about him is how he responds. That's the difference. It's that he can make mistakes. He held on to the ball too long at the end of the first half, and he should have thrown it away. And Kyle Shanahan told him he should have thrown it away. George Kittle talked about after if he should have why did he still have the ball. He should have thrown away. George Kittle made a joke like, rookies, rookies, rookies. <laughs> but it's the way that Brock Purdy responds to mistakes that I find to be the most impressive thing because he responds like a veteran. He just doesn't get rattled. And so, like I said, we, see, we saw him look the most like a rookie today that he has. But at the end of the day, he got the job done, figured it out, and that was that. Well, if he looked like a rookie, then so did Dak Prescott, considering some of his mistakes uh, against this mm-hmm. Niners defense. And as you point out, it was one of those games that takes every ounce of energy. Christian McCaffrey talked about the intensity of it. So has there mm-hmm. been any indication from Brock about nerves or anxiety or anything like that about being on this stage for the first time? He, he certainly says no. Uh, Kittle said that, you know, he Kittle said that that was interesting that he – has he felt like if he, if, if he needed to say something to Brock Purdy, he could say to him, listen, take a deep breath. It's going to be fun. You know, whatever it is, you're, get your head back. He didn't feel like he needed to do that at all today. He said that there was one time last week where Brock got in the huddle and said the play so fast that no one could understand him. And Kittle said to him, Brock, take a breath. But other, like, that's been like, that story is the one story in eight weeks of any sort of like nerves or anxiety. And he certainly, he doesn't seem like it. Either he is a spectacular actor where he really is just fine. And he, he is looking at it as just another game. But, you know, I saw a graphic today. You're down to the final four and your final four quarterbacks are Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, and Brock Purdy. And that's kind of amazing. And for, I think, you know, you put him in that, I'm not saying that he is that caliber of quarterback, obviously, but I'm just saying like, that's quite a group to be with. And, I don't know. He's shown he can get the job done, and he seems to feel very confident he can. And why wouldn't he? He mm. has. He keeps doing it. So I guess why wouldn't he feel confident? Mm. Great story. Love that insight. Brock, take a breath. <laughs> <laughs> Tracy Sandler is with us from the Bay Area. Fangirl Sports and 49ers Fangirl Insider with us after our CBS Sports Radio. Uh, there's no way you can overlook the impact of Christian McCaffrey and 
his joining the team coincides with the Jimmy Garoppolo injury and Brock Purdy taking over. So what type of influence, what type of next level production uh, has he brought to the table when it comes to what is an offense that has so many weapons? Well, one of the big things right off the bat is that he commands so much attention. So, But the thing with the 49ers offense and all the weapons, as you just said, is so if you've got all your attention on Christian McCaffrey or a fair amount of attention on Christian McCaffrey, well, then it leaves Debo Samuel open and Brandon Ayuk <laughs> and George Kittle, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So there's that thing. The other part of it is he's just such a dynamic runner. And we saw it from him today and we saw it from Debo today. He just could, he could really make something out of nothing, but he's also a dynamic pass catcher. I mean, I believe that there was a play – where they really needed a first down, and it was third and long, and they threw the threw it to Christian McCaffrey, and he got it done. He, he got the ball, and they got a first down. And that's really incredible. He's just different. You just you see it, the talent, and the way he sees a field, and his, his eyes, his vision, I don't just mean like 20-20 vision, his vision of the field and where he can make a play, it's really something to watch. And this offense works so well for him. I mean, I think he'd work well in pretty much any offense, but – this offense works so well for him, and the 49ers are finally in a place in the Kyle Shanahan era where they can properly utilize a Christian McCaffrey, and it's made all the difference in the world for this team. The Niners now head to Philadelphia. The Eagles also like to run the ball and do the ball control game, and they'll put together mm-hmm. these drives that are 10 minutes. Uh, Jalen Hurts is clearly not missing a beat despite a couple of games away. How do the Niners match up with the Eagles, in your opinion, Tracy, at least initially? Well, it's interesting because I actually I felt this way most of the season. They're built very similarly, these teams. Just yes. The way they're built, the way the way that, like you said, with with the run game, but just generally they match up so well against each other. I, Dallas had that to a point, but the Eagles probably even more so. So I think we're going to see you know very similar offenses, very similar defenses. This is going to be a tough matchup. I, I do believe the 49ers are a skosh better than the Eagles, you know, top to bottom in terms of and their roster and what they have going on, but. You know, it said all week that this, this Dallas Fortnite game was going to come down to defenses and the quarterbacks. And I think this Eagles game is going to come down to defenses and the run game. But these teams do match up very well against each other. They're very similar. So I think it's going to make for a very good football game. All right, let's talk about a couple of off the field or at least uh, not on the playing surface moments that were kind of cool before I let you go. George Kittle ends up catching the spike in the end zone from Christian McCaffrey. So Mm -hmm. same drive where he has the 30-yard reception off of his face mask. And McCaffrey spikes the ball so high that George is actually able to come down with it. Almost looks like he's making a catch. If you couldn't see where he was on the field, uh, it was perfect form. And then he gives the ball to Hall of Famer Jerry Rice. I don't know how many people could see that, if you could see it, but was there a reaction in the stadium? Uh, I, you know what, I couldn't really tell if there was that much of a reaction in the stadium just because there was so much going on at the same point, that same time. But it was a really cool moment. And and Jerry Rice is in you know, almost every 49ers game. And <laughs> it was even a cool mo- moment that I noticed last week and this week as the receivers come out of the tunnel and they're warming up here and they get in their huddle. Jerry Rice is like right outside the huddle clapping. And there's something kind of cool about that. But it is a cool moment. And Jerry Rice also had the most incredible change day I've ever seen was like a diamond encrusted 49ers on it. <laughs> so there was that 
there was that as well. Just there's another little off the field story for you. <laughs> but it was a cool moment, and it also kind of shows just the history of the organization and how the history of the present have kind of come together and the support that's there. And, and that's just kind of a cool thing, too, especially on a day like this when they're playing the Cowboys and there's so much just story history going back to the catch uh, with, with, Adam, mm. with these two organizations. Right. Two teams that have not won a Super Bowl going back to those early 90s days. And because of that, there's mm-hmm. always so much buzz around these two when they match up. Uh, Jerry Rice, you mentioned he's around all the time, but there was a lot of star power there. Could you feel that buzz in the stadium or even just the days leading up to this game? Absolutely. And you could really feel it today. The, the, Joe Montana was on the field. Nice. The, Gabe Kapler was there today. Jock Peters said, I didn't, end up see, I didn't see them on the field, but I know that they were there, and there was definitely a lot of star power. It was a lot of excitement. You know, it was the last home game the Fort Adders will have this season, so there was something exciting about that as well. But there was definitely a buzz on that field pregame and excitement, and, you know, it, I think that they delivered. And I know there were people early on who felt like the game wasn't that great, but I think it was – I did think it was a good game, and I think when you put in the stakes – and the franchises and everything that went into it. And it, it, there, there was some weirdness. There was weirdness in last year's game. It just <laughs> made for a, a fun day all around. But you could definitely feel the buzz in the stadium. For Ooh, sure. Lots of tension, lots of intensity, as McCaffrey points out. And ultimately, very little mm-hmm. margin for error. And the Cowboys just made a few more mistakes. But certainly the Niners deserve the credit for forcing the issue. All right, this Absolutely. was quite an afternoon. You can find Tracy on Twitter at 49ers Fangirl. And she not only is an insider and beat writer for San Francisco for the Fangirl Sports Network, but she's the founder and CEO of this network that continues to grow. We're always thrilled to have you on the show, Tracy. Thank you so much for a couple of minutes. Safe travels. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Amy. A great insight there with Tracy. Uh, the fact that she's around the team all the time, you kind of get these fun stories. And I love what she said about that Brock Purdy, George Kittle moment. No, not that one. Not the catch today, but recently Brock running through a play so quickly in the huddle that nobody could understand him. And, and George just gives him a, hey, man, take a breath. We're good. It's all good. And that's the experience and the wisdom of veterans that they don't necessarily have to be in a hurry. Sometimes with younger guys who haven't been on the stage before, there's a quickening of the heart rate and there's a little bit of anxiety, maybe the extra adrenaline spike, and they maybe haven't learned how to handle that yet. And even Brock Purdy, who seems impervious to the stage and the pressure, even Brock. But next step, right? One game at a time. And now it's an NFC championship for this rookie QB and a star-studded offense and defense all around him. And that obviously is the best way for this rookie quarterback to continue leading his team is to rely on the guys around him. Okay, got a question for you. Who or what? Well, It would be more a who, I guess. But who individually or who as a team had the most impressive performance this weekend? Right? Who were you the most impressed with? Whether it be a a, a particular player, maybe a tandem, maybe a unit on the field, or a team as a whole. You can find me on Twitter, A-Law Radio. Producer Jay will put up a spot on both our Twitter page as well as Facebook. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast.
The Buffalo Bills. The Cincinnati Bengals. Shotgun snap. Short drop by Burrow. The pressure comes from the left. He throws oh, it the middle. Baby. Caught at the Get nine. Chase straight ahead nice. into the end zone. Nice. Touchdown on the opening drive for Cincinnati. A 28-yard throw lofted down the middle of the field by Joe Burrow. Just a touch throw. Chase reached up at the eight, caught it, and raced straight ahead into the end zone for the score. Joe waits for the shotgun snap. He catches. Pump fakes to the right. Oh, got throws to the got end him. zone. It is caught <laughs> by Hayden Hurst. Touchdown. <laughs> Bengals. Burrow sucked the Bills in with the pump fake, and Hayden Hurst was wide open at the goal line. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. A hot start in the snow. Can't tell you it melted the snow, but the Bengals didn't appear to be bothered at all by the weather conditions in Buffalo, and they shouldn't be. I know Cincinnati doesn't have the lake effect snow, but it's not as though it's a warm weather climb. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Bengals and Bills. I'm not going to tell you the game didn't live up to the hype. The competitive balance was not there in this game. Wasn't it an incredibly impressive performance by Cincinnati? Absolutely. Did the Bills have their opportunities? Yes. Ultimately, though, they played a very poor game, and the Bengals' defense ratcheted up the intensity on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, we knew that Joe Burrow and the Bengals were going to be able to do their thing offensively. I'm not sure we expected quite as much of an emphasis on the run game. But in the snow, when you're trying to keep Josh Allen and his offense on the sidelines, well, it's ball control or bust, baby. Ball control or bust, Bengals. That's the theme in the NFL this year. It's why so many offensive coordinators are getting fired because teams are running the ball too much, and it's not nearly as sexy as all those gaudy passing yards. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Man, the snow. Make me jealous. Be still my beating heart. Snow everywhere. And apparently it didn't start until an hour before the game, according to Jay Feely on the CBS broadcast. Also amazing to see Jamar Hamlin's family there in a suite. Jamar himself was wearing a mask and had the hood of his coat over top of his head, so you really didn't get a good shot of him, plus the cameras were trying to look across the stadium through the snow and into a suite. But uh, it was heartwarming when he did have the moment where he was introduced to the crowd, and he's exhorting the fans and a standing ovation. And right now, he still has a long way to go in his recovery, still requires oxygen, but was with the team at halftime, according to the reports, and is trying to be a leader, even at 24 years old and a second-year player, trying to be a leader for this team, trying to be there with his teammates in any capacity. So I was glad that he was able to make that trip, even though it's certainly not what he wanted or what he would have expected going back a month ago. It was a loud atmosphere to start, though, and I loved it. Until the Bengals shushed the fans. A little bit like they put the damper on those neutral site AFC championship game ticket sales. A 14-0 lead in the first, and you hear the two touchdowns with Dan Horton, Dave Lapham on Bengals radio. How about this? The first 11 minutes of the game, snow be damned. Joe Burrow goes 9-for-9, 
over 100 yards passing and two touchdowns. That was his first 11 minutes. Sandwiched around what was a three and out by the Bills. In the first quarter, 160 yards for Cincinnati. Not even net 10 yards for the Bills. Whatever you think of the Bengals, and it's right now you should be thinking very highly of them. I never expected that. I did not expect the Bills offense to sputter the way that it did. Buffalo finally gets on the board in the second quarter. It's a nearly eight-minute drive. It settled down the home team and the fans had. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details reason to cheer. Two tight ends set for the Bills. Davis to the left, Diggs to the right, Singletary in the backfield. Allen going to try to surge over the left side, and he's in for the touchdown. And there's some extracurricular after the play as well. Allen is heated as Jesse Bates tried to strip the ball after he was already in the end zone. Turn up the heat. It's 14-6 as the Bills have cut into the Bengals' early lead. Extra point pending. So much talk about heat, even though it was snowing really hard during the course of this game. So, yes, Buffalo finally gets on the board. It's a healthy mix and a tough, salty Josh Allen goes into the end zone. It was a second rushing attempt for him at that point uh, up close and doesn't like the contact, doesn't like the extracurricular activity. And I don't know how many people want to mess with Josh Allen at Cam Newton size at nearly LeBron James size. You don't necessarily want to tangle with Josh. And at that point, as I say, he was salty. He was ready for a fight. He was looking for a fight. 
Cincinnati is able to then respond, and this is kind of the pattern that you saw. The Bengals would respond by eating time off the clock. The Bengals would respond by putting the Bills offense on ice, making them sit there and get cold. The Bengals nearly log another touchdown. This is one of those when is a catch, not a catch, or what is actually a catch. Though Gene Steratore, who was on the CBS broadcast, definitely agreed with the call or agreed with the replay that Jamar Chase was juggling the ball and didn't secure it as he was hitting the ground. Though his two feet were in, the ball was never secure until after he had already hit the ground. So a touchdown is taken off the board. They overturn that. And instead, it's a field goal. So the Bengals are up 17-7 at the half. Buffalo does come out, again, with a strong start to the third quarter. Kind of like what we saw from that eight-minute drive. Another seven-plus minutes with the ball. Five first downs. But coming away with just a field goal. Now, in this particular game, you wouldn't be thinking of it in the same terms as, say, the Niners and the Cowboys where the margin for error is so slim. But while the game was hanging in the balance, yes. And the Bills put together this extended drive only to come away feeling like they got not a whole lot to show for their work. And still trailing at that point by a touchdown. It just seemed as though everything the Bengals tried to do the uh, sorry, everything the Bills tried to do, the Bengals did better. Everything that the Bills wanted to do with their offense, the Bengals were able to execute to near perfection. And what I kept seeing over and over, and it started with the lines, offensive line, defensive line, but not just that. All over the field, the Bengals were winning their individual battles. They were taking care of their own business which meant that the team as a whole looked a hell of a lot better. They were efficient. They were effective. And how about the fact that the Bengals were missing three starters from their offensive line? Uh, You heard the report to start the game. The group, the initial O-line, rebuilt O-line, had been together for 15 consecutive games. But then injuries started to take a toll. And yet, the entire group, the guys who stepped into those vacancies because of injuries, not only did you not see their the level of play drop or take a step back, but they took it personally. Like as a line, as a unit, how important is it that you've got backups who can step in almost as though there were no changes? I mean, that's something that O-line can take pride in. It was very impressive. And because of that, the Bengals were able to run the ball, pound the ball, really. You almost wouldn't know it by watching this game. But they were able to pound the the Bills' defense kind of into submission, wear them out. Again, not something that you would think about this Bengals team because so much of the attention is on Joe Burrow and the Jamar Chase and the various offensive weapons. But man, the Bills' defense was worn out because the Bengals just kept coming. First and goal, about an inch, maybe a half an inch away from the goal line. T. Higgins motions, lines up to the right. 
Right next to the right tackle. Burrow hands it off. Mixon goes airborne. He's in. Waiting for the signal. Get in. The officials walking toward wow. the pile. Come on. No signal yet. Wow. <laughs> nope. He's short. They are not going to give it to Joe Mixon. Boy. So the Bengals have thrown the red challenge flag. And they'll see. When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we are all realizing that the quality of our air, especially our indoor air, is really darn important. In 30 minutes, Puro Air will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called HEPA 14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at getpuroair.com. That's G E T P U R O A I R. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. If on replay, it's Cincinnati a one-yard touchdown. challenging the ruling on Joe. the field. Replay challenge is successful. It's a one-yard touchdown run for Joe Mixon. Back up by two scores, never really allowing the Bills to smell it. And so late in the third quarter, Dan or Dave Lapham and the ball control, the ability to run the ball. Not what I was expecting. Not actually what the Bengals were expecting. (laughs) They end up with 172 rushing yards on 34 carries. Little step away from what is their typical identity. Not really, but that's how the game worked out. You know, our our rushing, Joe and Smaje were awesome. You know, my legs were effective when I needed them. I mean, complete game. Joe Burrow even says, I wasn't expecting us to run the ball that much. Not really. I should have set up the question. Um, But his response is the same. Wow. What is this power run team that has landed in Orchard Park, New York? Nothing for Buffalo really the rest of the game. And so it wasn't just the offense and the O-line dominating and creating space for its run game. It was also the fact that the Bills could never find a rhythm. And no, it wasn't the snow. They go three and out. They have a drive that stalls in the red zone. There's a turnover. To a man, again, the Bengals were winning their individual battles. It's run the ball, stop the run. Run the ball, stop the run. And that's what they were able to do. How about this? In hostile territory, in the snow, where the Bills are theoretically most comfortable in front of their own fans. The Bengals held the ball for eight minutes more than did the Bills. You don't generally think of the Bengals as a ball possession team. It's a ball control team. They're one of the the holdouts. 
They're better at throwing the ball, but not on this Sunday. And the defense, just as fired up, just as effective, holding the Bills to a season-low 10 points. Back-to-back championship games for the Bengals for the first time in their franchise history. How about that? Ah, Looks like we're going to the AFC Championship. We'll get the reaction from both the Bengals and the Bills. And this is painful for Buffalo. A third consecutive exit from the postseason that falls short of their goal. The AFC Championship against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs three years ago as they were bursting onto the scene. And now back-to-back years in the divisional round. It's frustrating because they know they have so much more to give. And yet, once again, running into a better AFC opponent. This was a dominating performance by Cincinnati. And now they've got a franchise best 10 straight wins. You'll hear from them next. In that snow, so jealous. Also, we got to post up on our social media. What was the most impressive performance this weekend, whether individual or team? On our show Twitter, After Hours CBS, on Facebook as well. Side note, if you call the Cowboys Cowgirls because you think they suck, you automatically get blocked. It's so sexist. Knock it off. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. The Cincinnati Bengals. Fourth down. Shotgun. Allen. Two receivers left. Allen looking that way. Waiting. Allen. Patient. Downfield. To the end zone. Knocked away. Eli Apple waving it to Kembe Mutombo. Finger. Gabe Davis the intended receiver. And the Bills handed over on downs with 7.23 to go. Allen back to throw on second and five. Pump fakes. Now he's going to launch it deep downfield. Intercepted by Cam Taylor Britt. And that is officially Coffin Nail. Bam! 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 It's a football feeding frenzy. After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Ian Eagle on Westwood One, and then Dan Horde and Dave Lapham in their classic closing call. Bam! 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 Yeah, there was nothing for Buffalo the rest of the game. After Joe Mixon gets into the end zone and puts the Bengals up 24-10, the defense took that full head of steam and, and just ran with it through the rest of the game. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence here on CBS Sports Radio. Please find me on Twitter, A-Law Radio. Our show Twitter also open for business. And then you've got our Facebook page named After the Show. I'm hoping that Facebook, which I also identify as the devil, uh, is not using some kind of quirky algorithm to keep our show question out of the mainstream feed because at least initially I'm not seeing a lot of traffic on it. So let me know if you can see it. We're asking you who, whether it be an individual or a team, impressed you the most during this divisional round of football. So again, on Twitter or on our Facebook page, After Hours with Amy Lawrence. The defense was not the weak, ugly, redheaded stepchild of the Bengals on this day. It's actually kind of interesting. 
the same observation I would make about the Kansas City Chiefs. How often are those defenses overshadowed? And for good reason. I'm not telling you that you shouldn't be giving so much attention and emojis with stars for eyes uh, to the Bengals and Chiefs offenses because of what they're capable of. They're prolific, high-powered, marquee offenses. But the defenses take pride in what they do. And maybe at times they're more bend but don't break. They seem to over and over come up with the big plays when they must have them. And Cam Taylor Britt is a great example. Not only does he get to do snow angels in the end zone after his interception on the final possession, but how about the moment when he is going one-on-one with Gabe Davis deep downfield This is in the third quarter. It's a perfect deep shot by Josh Allen. I mean, the ball couldn't have landed in any better position for Gabe to grab it. Gabe has it in his hands only to have Cam Taylor Britt knock it out. No interference, no holding required. As I said earlier, the Bengals were winning their individual battles on both sides of the ball, which meant that... You had corporate synergy. The sum of the individual parts was greater than what you would expect or anticipate because they're all working together by winning their individual battles, whether it be deep like Taylor Britt on Gabe Davis or whether it be in the trenches protecting your quarterback. Yeah, lots of time for for Joe Burrow to throw, and yet they ended up handing off the ball over and over again. So this Bengals team leaves no room for doubt in getting back to an AFC championship once again in Kansas City. (laughs) What does this 10th consecutive win say about your Bengals, Zach Taylor? We're built for this. We're built for this. You know, it doesn't matter what anybody thinks about us. Uh, we don't care who's favored, who's not. Um, we're built for this, and and uh, we're excited to go on the road to Kansas City. It wasn't more so of a statement. It was just more so of a, you know, this we gonna play our style of our style of football, and that's uh, the Bengals style of football. And I thought we played a hell of a game, you know, collectively as a unit. Um, offense did their thing, you know. Special teams, um, they played a big part of it too. And our defense, I mean, I tip all the hats off to them, you know. The, Limit a guy like Josh Allen to whatever he had um, and in the, in the win in a major way. I mean, shout out to them guys. Yeah, the defense deserves a ton of attention for this. 265 yards for Josh Allen. The late pick, even though the game was at that point probably out of reach. Buffalo goes 4 of 12 on third down, only 1 of 3 in the red zone. As I mentioned, a season low in points. So, Coach, how did the defense limit Allen? Blue and the staff did a great job uh, formulating a plan. I thought our defensive line led the way, you know, by by harassing him. And, and everybody else fed off of that. There was great communication in the back end. So, yeah, it's to highlight the defensive end because they really got the party started, but I thought their whole defense played excellent throughout the whole game. I couldn't tell you exactly. Uh, watched the film, and maybe I can answer that a little bit better. We just couldn't find it. I thought we moved the ball um, when we had some of our possessions, but the two early three and outs um, just stalling throughout the, throughout the game. That's, you can't win football games that way. 
Yeah, we've heard a lot of this from Josh. Um, In their losses, he takes it very hard, and he blames himself. Is that always the case? No, there's a lot of pressure around him. The O-line didn't perform as well. The Bengals were winning those battles along the line, in the trenches, so to speak. It's not as though he was turning the ball over three times early. So the, the defense for the Bills has to bear some responsibility in getting gashed by the Bengals' run game. I don't know if there was extra motivation in the Bengals knowing that tickets were already on sale for a neutral site AFC championship game in Atlanta. Just as a side note, did you also know they were selling AFC championship game tickets in Kansas City? Just in case it was the Bengals who won. But of course, that's not getting any attention. They were selling tickets in both places. Uh, But Zach Taylor, well, he's got a message for NFL fans who were so sure they were heading to Atlanta. We had our mindset to go play in Kansas City and, and, uh, it, 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 I, it is it is tough because they they have to formulate the plans for coin tosses and they got to formulate the plans for neutral site games and we just keep screwing it up for everybody and I hate that for for people that have to endure all those logistical issues and then uh, we just keep screwing it up so I'm sorry. You better send those refunds. <laughs> Joe Burrow, you wouldn't see it from his face or his body language, but boy, does he have a snarky, sarcastic side. Does he have a vengeful side to him? But again, we need to be fair and tell you that the Chiefs were also selling, well, the Chiefs, the NFL was also selling championship game tickets for Arrowhead because you can't wait till the last second. So yes, they were selling them for Atlanta. They were selling them for Arrowhead because they didn't know where the game was going to be held. So I like that the Bengals were able to turn it into a point of emphasis. They were able to to make jokes. They've got jokes. Uh, Joe, especially on CBS following the game. But yeah, there's a lot of fans that are getting refunds. Would have been the same case if the Bills had won. Because they'd have to give back the money. And I don't even know if they actually collect the money. But they'd have to give back the money for the, ga- the tickets that were sold for Arrowhead. The NFL... They planned ahead, you know. Sometimes they got to give back. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. 
Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.